turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Lynn Swan ran for governor of Pennsylvania. I just thought I'd mention that before I talked about the latest on Antonio Brown, how things have changed and the quality of people that are, as um, as Chuck Noll used to say, they are well-peopled. He would say that about a team. A, a, a team that had good players was well-peopled. That actually sounds like a Tomlinism. It's pretty pretty interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Lynn Swan ran for governor of Pennsylvania. John Stallworth became, and I, I'm not sure he might still be, a uh, CEO of a national defense contractor uh, with 600 employees. And uh, they were both Steelers wide receivers, two pretty good ones, uh, the two best before Antonio Brown showed up. Anyway, the big story today is Nikki Haley announcing that she'll be leaving her job as U.N. ambassador at the end of the year. But that's not what everybody around here is going to be talking about. And there may be actually a bigger story than that anyway involving Rod Rosenstein. But uh, we'll have Andrew McCarthy here to talk about that after the break. Meanwhile, let's get to Antonio Brown for a second, okay? Um, I know you've heard by now that he's being sued by a guy who says his grandson was almost hit by the furniture that Brown threw out of the window from his condo in Florida. Now, the window was on the 14th floor, okay? 14th floor. You're throwing stuff out the window. The landlord is also suing him for destroying the condo and refusing to pay for the damages. So let's just say this about Antonio and getting back, I guess it's what Chuck Knoll once said about a running back named Sidney Thornton. Chuck said... When he was asked about him, he said, you know, Sydney has many problems and they are great. That's what he said about him. Now, this allegedly happened uh, with Brown in April. Allegedly happened in April. That's allegedly. And the Steelers say they're not commenting. But if what they say is true, what the lawsuit contends is true, come on. I mean, who throws an ottoman off the balcony from the 14th floor? The 14th floor. I'll tell you who does. Someone who has serious mental problems or somebody who is drunk or on drugs. That's all. Those are the only, that's, I can't think of any other reason, any explanation. Either way, either way Antonio needs some help. Um, then there's this story, uh, and, and we'll maybe have more on uh, Antonio Brown at the end of the show, but uh, and this is pretty pretty pathetic. Uh, but then there's this. Uh, there's a petition going around. I guess this is qualifies kind of as sports, too. Um, petition going around demanding that the Pittsburgh Marathon cancel its deal with Chick-fil-A to sponsor an event called Kids of Steel for the next three years. It's part of the, uh, I guess it's the youth program for the Pittsburgh Marathon, an event that I hate, by the way, but that's for another show. Um, but anyway, they uh, they they are upset that the the Pittsburgh Marathon people have signed this deal with Chick Fil A, um, and Sue Kerr is founder of the Pittsburgh Lesbian Correspondence Blog, and she wrote that it's a hurtful choice. And quote, this is this is just amazing. It's quote highly inappropriate for any Christian organization to eagerly jump into anything to do with youth and children right now. Now there's. There's what you don't want any Christian Christian organizations doing, getting involved with young people. Just don't get the Christians involved with the young people, you know, because of the Catholic Church and, well, Brett Kavanaugh. Because Brett Kavanaugh, because somebody said something that he did 37 years ago, which I don't believe for a minute, by the way, but because somebody accused him of that, let's not let any Christians near any kids Ever again. That's basically what she's saying. And it's uh, it's pretty amazing. So here's hoping that Chick-fil-A and the Marathon sign a lifetime deal. I hope it's a I hope they sign a deal that's a you know a hundred years at last, and they can never and it's unbreakable. Nobody can make them change. 
Chick-fil-A and the people involved with the marathon released statements, basically telling the people uh, with the petition, uh, you know, asking them if they wanted fries with that because they're not they're not they're not going anywhere. The deal's not going anywhere. It's in place, which is good. They didn't back down yet. Yet. We're just talking about it on the radio here. It's being talked about all over town, made it into the, uh, you know, into the into the papers and on online and everything. But that's as of right now. Do you want fries with that? But uh, back to the big news. Two senior FBI officials are saying now that they believe Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein was serious when he suggested uh, wiring up President Trump a while back and maybe implementing that old uh, 25th Amendment to remove him from office. They're saying that it, 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 he wasn't kidding and it wasn't sarcastic. And they, they testified of that on that uh, to a congressional committee, a congressional investigation anyway. Uh, behind closed doors. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, he's a former federal prosecutor and a columnist at National Review. He wrote two weeks ago that he wasn't buying Rosenstein's denials. He'll be here to talk about that when we come back. Stick around. It's been 43 years since the fall of Saigon. Over 58,000 never made it home. The ones that did returned bearing wounds that never really healed. It's time to change that. October 10th through 14th, the American Veterans Traveling Tribute Vietnam Wall comes to Murraysville Community Park. At over 360 feet long, this 80% scale replica of the Vietnam Memorial in Washington, D.C., is the largest and most exact of its kind. Not a single name has been forgotten. Open 24 hours a day, the American Veterans Traveling Tribute Vietnam Wall is free and open to the public. This October, join a grateful community in honoring our veterans, and let's move forward together. Details under events at murraysville.com. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. What's the biggest concerns when you're planning for retirement? It's making sure that your nest egg will last as long as you do. Unfortunately, there's no one right way to do that. Because everyone's situation is different. And that's why it's so important to work with a team that takes the time to get to know you. A team that understands your goals for retirement. Only then can you decide what kind of retirement strategy is going to work best for you. Kevin Bach at Integrity Retirement Solutions can help you assemble your retirement puzzle. Kevin will help you take the guesswork out of retirement by creating a customized strategy that can help you generate a steady stream of income for the duration of your retirement. For a complimentary consultation, call 724-837-3553. Call 724-837-3553. Or visit IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach, PA Insurance License Number 352896. People come in with health concerns, and we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice, and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice, I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical-based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. 
Just an example, if you have heartburn, there's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn. And some of those reasons can be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. And a lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills, 888-865-9595. This is the John Stacker Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Some big news today that should get the deep state watchdogs fired up a little bit. There are reports today that James A. Baker, the former FBI general counsel, told congressional investigators last week in a closed-door meeting that the then-FBI acting director Andrew McCabe and FBI lawyer Lisa Page came to Baker on their own and said that they were aware of Rosenstein's comments uh, and... Uh, thought that they were made seriously. That's Rod Rosenstein, the uh, acting, uh, the uh, deputy attorney general. There was no kidding around. Andrew McCarthy is a former U.S. attorney, a columnist for National Review, and a regular contributor at Fox News. He wrote a p- piece about this a few weeks ago and called Rosenstein's denial weasel words. Andrew joins us now. Thanks for being here, Andrew. John, it's my pleasure. So how big of a deal is this? Well, I think it corroborates something that we should already have figured out, which is that it's clearly Rosenstein was not uh, joking around when he talked about tape recording the president and potentially invoking the 25th Amendment. I mean, you know, look, we've gotten to know Rosenstein a little bit over the last couple of years. He's not exactly what you would call a laugh riot to begin with. So, you know, (laughs) the, the whole idea that, you know, this was just a joke, Yeah, um, never made much sense. But I think, as I argued in a, a column I wrote about this a, a while back, I don't think he seriously thought that they could invoke the 25th Amendment. But I do think that he was quite serious in the days after uh, James Comey was fired based on the memo, based at least in part on the memo that he wrote, that he wanted to signal to Democrats and to others who were concerned about President uh, Trump in Washington, that he was with them and that he was one of them, and I think this was one way of doing that. Wow. Uh, The headline of your piece that you were talking about, uh, I think it was on September 23rd, was Rod Rosenstein's resistance. And you never did by his denials, did you? No, I didn't. But, you know, people don't joke about invoking the 25th Amendment against the president and uh, in the high-stakes, high-tension situation that they were in. You know, I think, John, we have to remind people of what was going on at the time. This was a very tense time at the Justice Department and the FBI. The the president fired the FBI director on May 9th after discussing it with Rosenstein and Sessions, the uh, deputy attorney general and attorney general, respectively. Rosenstein, as we understand it from the Times reporting, volunteered to write the memorandum that the president ended up using as a rationale for firing Comey. And uh, what I believe and what I've said from the start is I think Rosenstein miscalculated. I think he thought he was going to be widely praised for his memorandum justifying Comey's termination because he was very solicitous in it of Hillary Clinton. He relied on Jamie Gorelick, the former uh, Democratic Deputy Attorney General. Uh, It struck a very bipartisan tone. He said, you know, the only thing that liberals and conservatives and Democrats and Republicans agree with is that Jim Comey was in the wrong in connection with the Hillary Clinton investigation and his commentary on it. I think he expected to be praised. But what he didn't factor in was that by May of 2017, Democrats had moved on from Mrs. Clinton's loss in 2016. They were on to Trump and Russia, and Comey was seen as someone who was very useful in that, and his firing was seen as something that could be exploited to say the investigation was being obstructed. So they wanted to attack Trump over that, and obviously they were going to attack anyone who was seen as being involved in Comey's termination, and Rosenstein was a key player. So I think what happened was he thought he was going to be praised. He ended up viciously attacked. He's not the kind of guy who's ever had to deal with that before. John, it's important to to note for people at a time when it was so hard to get 
Trump people, Trump nominees confirmed to their various positions in the executive branch. Rosenstein was confirmed 94 to 6. Wow. I mean, this is, a, this is not a guy who's ever had problems with Democrats before. And I think he spent the next eight days um, suing over the fact that he was being attacked and trying to signal that he was not a bad guy, that he was really with the uh, people who were uh, opposed to Trump and, con- and concerned about Trump. So why would he be more uh, interested in having Hillary Clinton look upon him favorably than the guy he actually, you know, works for, who's President Trump? I mean, how does that, how does that help? Is he thinking that President Trump's not going to be around long and he wants to ingratiate himself to the people who are going to eventually be in power? Well, I'm not so sure it's it's signaling to Hillary Clinton as it is signaling, John, to people we've seen over the last couple of years that there's clearly a contingent of people within the Justice Department and the FBI who look at themselves as kind of an independent fourth branch of government who resist the idea that they're uh, you know subject to political supervision by the president and who were quite concerned that Trump was president. They didn't like the idea of him becoming president. They thought it would be bad for the country as they saw it. Uh, they worried that he was not a stable person. And I think that in that cabal, which you know included a lot of the names that we've heard over uh, the last couple of years, uh, Rod Rosenstein was front and center right in the middle of that group of people. And he didn't like, he really thought, I think, that he was going to be praised for what he wrote in that memorandum because of its bipartisanship and it's not, the way that uh, he was so solicitous of Clinton. I think he was really surprised that he wasn't. Well, we're talking to Andrew McCarthy of uh, National Review, uh, a former prosecutor himself. Um, um, the Kavanaugh circus kind of knocked the Mueller uh, investigation off, not kind of, definitely. I mean, it's like, is it still going on? You don't even hear about it anymore. But that uh, the Kavanaugh thing is fading away, and now this story pops up. What's this going to do to that story, and how does this just complicate things? Well, I think the uh, the uh, Mueller investigation is winding down kind of of its own momentum at this point, John. And some of that is, you know, there was all that talk before Labor Day about how if Mueller was going to do something, it had to be done, you know, before Labor Day because then we're in this period of time where prosecutors should keep their powder dry and not interfere with the elections. That's, I must say, the most extravagant interpretation of that uh, of that rubric that I've ever heard. You know, when I was in the Justice Department, if you were investigating somebody who was running for public office, there was an issue about whether you should drop an indictment a few days before the, before the trial. I've never heard of the situation where the midterms elect- elections are coming up and a prosecutor can't do something because if the president gets, uh, you know, somebody around the president gets charged, somebody running for Congress in Wyoming could be affected by it. That just (laughs) seems ridiculous to me. But in any event, we're in this, we're in this phase where Mueller probably would have been quiet in any event. But I think if you look at what's going on in his investigation, it looks like it's winding down. He's, you know, he's indicted a couple of groups of Russians under circumstances where the, if you read the indictments, it seems to preclude the possibility that there was collusion. Uh, he's, his staff is kind of, uh, kind of slimming down. Some people are going back to their, you know, former jobs. He has transitioned some of the cases that his staff brought to components of the Justice Department, like the National Security Division and, uh, one of the U.S. Attorney's offices. So it looks like it's winding down. To what end? Well, I think he'll file a report, which uh, I've always thought that the report will not uh, claim that any uh, indictable offenses have been found against President Trump. The question is, will he feel, will Mueller feel like this is his opportunity to write all kinds of uh, unsavory stuff that he found but he couldn't charge, and whether that should be out there and whether Rosenstein should um, allow that to be made public. And I guess the other question is, does Mueller feel that the writing of the report is an opportunity 
to justify the investigative measures taken by the Justice Department and the FBI, which he devoted a lot of his professional life to. And so why uh, does Rosenstein still have a job? Well, I think, among other things, President Trump and his counsel, who've been advising him, have probably realized that, you know, number one, in the run-up to the uh, to the midterm elections, it doesn't help the Republican pr- pr- position to promote the idea of instability at the Justice Department. I think, secondly, um, they realize that this investigation is winding down and that firing Rosenstein would be much like firing Comey was. It would be an invitation for the investigation to be extended as Mueller probe, you know, obstruction of the investigation. Uh, so I think he doesn't want to do that. And I think also President Trump probably realizes that his margin, and he certainly realizes this after the Kavanaugh circus, which you aptly described, I, I think he realizes that his margin in the Senate is very slim, and that if he looks like he's pushing Sessions and Rosenstein out, rather than that they're leaving like many people do after two years of an administration and it's like normal transition, it may be hard for him to get a new attorney general and deputy attorney general confirmed. So I think he's mindful of that. Um, And we're talking to Andrew McCarthy of uh, National Review Online. He's also uh, a former prosecutor. Um, When you look at this just this entire uh, escapade that began with the FISA uh, documents and all the stuff that we all been hearing about ad nauseum for, what, two years now, longer than that maybe, did as 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 is this going to be looked upon in the future when people look back on this as being worth this whatever whatever it ends up whatever the final product ends up being is it going to be considered worth it to have done all this i don't think i don't think so and i think one of the things that is really disheartening about this whole escapade is that uh we seem to have forgotten that the presidency is very important and that we should not have a prosecutor assigned to investigate the president unless there's a really, really good reason for it. It seems to me that Democrats and the media decided that they don't like Trump, so they don't have to follow the normal uh, protocols that we've always been familiar with, that you know, you leave the president alone unless it looks like he's really actually done something that violates the law. I think they decided they wanted to assign a monitor to this president, and they hoped that they could catch him on something and try to to impeach him, ultimately. And I think it's really bad for the country. I, I, we all should agree that if the president is implicated in some serious crime, he needs to be investigated, and if it's serious enough, he needs to be removed. But that didn't happen here. Well, I have a, a little bit, of, about a minute left, and I don't want to let you go without at least uh, getting something from you on the whole Kavanaugh circus. Um, just your general impressions as it's uh, as we sit here now, one not even a full twenty four hours after he's been at least ceremoniously installed. Well, I think he'll be on the court, and I think you know uh, he'll he'll do a good job. And we're such a you know our our news cycle, especially in the age of Trump, doesn't seem to get on more than about six hours till the next story comes up. So I think if Kavanaugh keeps his head down, does a good job and it's the kind of justice we expect him to be, that a year or two from now, we won't forget this ever happened, but he'll be judged on the way he's performed as a Supreme Court justice, not the circus that happened the last three weeks. I hope so. Hey, Andrew, it's always great to have you on. I really, really appreciate you doing this. I know you're a busy guy. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, John. Have a great one. You too. That's uh, Andrew McCarthy. And uh, he's uh, always a guy that uh, I'm really happy to get on here because, you know, he's he's been there this, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, a, a prosecutor, and uh, he worked in the Justice Department, and he's a straight shooter. So we're glad to have him. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how stupid you might be when it comes to American history. Maybe you aren't, but a lot of other people are really, really dumb when it comes to American history. And that's not a good thing. We'll talk about that when we come back right here on the John Stoggerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Nikki Haley has resigned as the U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations. President Trump made the announcement in the Oval Office. At the end of the year, Nikki will be leaving. Haley appears to be leaving on good terms. The president said she did a fantastic job. She called it an honor of a lifetime. And Haley also denied any immediate presidential aspirations. No, I'm not running for 2020. I can promise you what I'll be doing is campaigning for this one. So I look forward to supporting the president in the next election. Greg Clugston, the White House. A fast and furious hurricane Michael sped toward the Florida panhandle on Tuesday with 110 mile an hour winds and a potential storm surge of 12 feet, giving tens of thousands of people precious little time to get out or board up. On Wall Street, the Dow on by 56 points. The Nasdaq rose to the S&P declined four, oil up to 74.96 a barrel. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards. The interest on the cards was really high. I was making the minimum payments, but barely. And it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976 to talk to a certified counselor. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment. Put a stop to late fees and over-limit charges. Reduce your interest and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. They did help me learn how to manage my money. Now, you know, we have a house and we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. My name is Holly and I am debt-free for keeps. 1-800-990-6976. You're now witnessing the far left at its worst, willing to lie, even steal, to keep Republicans from winning the next election. They turn the Kavanaugh hearings into a circus. They've unleashed the hounds on President Trump. Anonymous editorials accuse Trump of being unhinged with no specific evidence. Books describing chaos. One member of the mainstream media now claims Trump is more dangerous to America than 9-11. Really? Just because they lost? This has got to stop. AM 1250, The Answer. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's a beautiful country out there. Discover it all in a new RV from Camping World, America's number one RV dealer. At your local Camping World, you'll find over 350 new RVs in stock, an ever-changing selection from America's top brands, including favorites like Coleman and Mallard of every class and size, all at wholesale prices. Say hello to a whole new world. Visit CampingWorldOfPittsburgh.com. Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. The economy is growing, businesses are hiring, and Americans are feeling good about their future opportunities. Looking to upgrade your career? AM 1250 hosts an online virtual job fair, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, every day of the year. Keyword virtual at TheAnswerPGH.com to find our newest employment opportunities Opportunities from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Sponsored by Express Employment Professionals of Robinson Township. The virtual job fair at TheAnswerPGH.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Still looking at Center Avenue shutdown around the Pitt campus near Robinson Street. So watch out for that because of an accident. Now on the inbound Parkway West, you're heavy from Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. And outbound a bit slow Banksville Road to Green Tree Parkway. East some delays outbound Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound slow Edgewood Swissvale to the Tunnel and 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. I'm Jenny Robinson on AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. 
We'll see one more summery day tomorrow before a cold front moves through. Mainly clear for tonight, warm and muggy with fog forming late, low 64. Patchy fog to start tomorrow, otherwise partly sunny and unseasonably warm and humid again with a high 82. It'll turn cloudy tomorrow night, followed by showers and a thunderstorm late. Storms can be locally heavy, low 67. Cooler with clouds and intermittent rain Thursday, high 72. I'm meteorologist Frank Strait on AM 1250, The Answer. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, yesterday was Columbus Day, unless you lived in a city where it was Indigenous People Day. And we talked about some of the misconceptions and myths about Columbus that have popped up in uh, recent years. Uh, Jarrett Stepman of the Daily Signal and the Heritage Foundation was a source for a lot of that information we had on that. He wrote a piece on it last year around Columbus Day. This year he has a piece on just how dumb most American citizens are when it comes to American history, and he joins us now. Thanks for being here, Jarrett. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get to the overall history ignorance, uh, since it is only one day removed from Columbus Day, and I talked about it, I, as I said, I referenced your piece yesterday. Um, just a couple of quick things about Columbus. What's the truth that has always been true about him and should never change? Well, I mean, he really is the, the father of American civilization, period. He's the one who planted the seeds of what would become not just in the United States, but other countries in the New World. He's the, he's the father of the New World. I mean, that's that's something that I think many generations of Americans have recognized. The Founding Fathers celebrated him so much, they, they named our nation's capital the District of Columbia. I think many generations have recognized the incredible boldness that this man uh, had in, in his voyage to the New World and, and basically opening up the transatlantic exchange. It's an incredible feat and something that we as Americans have a very good reason to keep alive and to teach future generations. We're, we're a nation of bold explorers and people who push the boundaries of the frontier, and, and Christopher, Columbus, Christopher Columbus represents that, and that's, that's very important. And uh, so I guess it's only a matter of time till somebody says it's time to change the uh, name of our nation's capital. Well, it's certainly happening in cities around the country. I mean, yeah. Columbus, Ohio has had this problem. They're 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 having a what they call Indigenous Peoples Day, and many people don't recognize the District of Columbia because it doesn't quite sound like Columbus, as sad as that is. But I think it's going to happen here too. As I sit here in my office in Washington D.C., I overlook Union Station, which has Columbus Circle as a statue of Christopher Columbus in front of it. I, I sometimes wonder uh, how long that statue is going to be standing there. Quite frankly, and it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing when we're literally erasing our history when we're just barely remembering it to begin with. And what's the biggest misconception that has been spread recently about him? Well, I think the biggest one is that he was some kind of a, a brutal, horrible man, a, a, an Adolf Hitler of, of an earlier time. And, you know, obviously people know the story of the 1492, but a lot of those stories were, I think, very much embellished, especially by uh, there was a very hard left historian named Howard Zinn who really uh, pushed this narrative that, that Columbus was particularly brutal. And I would say that Columbus, while uh, uh, certainly a man of his time, I think that many of these stories have been uh, widely exaggerated. And there are a lot of great historians who have debunked these kind of myths about Columbus as being this kind of brutal Hitler-like character. And, and Columbus was an explorer. I mean, certainly there were many conquistadors who came later who were, uh, who were much more brutal. But uh, the way that Columbus treated natives was not always how we would like in the in modern times, but uh, for his own time was actually quite humane and quite decent. And I think that that is unfortunately a narrative that has gotten out there. And I think when you do a little digging, uh, you will find that his motivations aren't simply greed and, and tyranny and, and destruction of the new world. Uh, he really was an explorer who, who wished to push the boundaries, and he thought discover Asia. He ultimately discovered something much bigger. Yeah, and we're talking to Jared Stepman. He's uh, with the Heritage Foundation, and uh, the piece that you wrote uh, uh, just recently, the headline is, Americans have almost forgotten their history. Uh, I guess uh, based on that, there are a lot of people out there who couldn't tell you which century it was when Columbus did show up. Well, that's right. It was a, a, a recent survey that was taken that only about one in three Americans could pass a a U.S. citizenship test, which only requires uh, about answering about 60% of questions. And these are not very deep questions about American history and civics. They're very basic ones, as in, you know, how many branches, uh, you know, how many branches of Congress are there? What are, what are the different, uh, you know, asked about the Supreme Court, asked about some very basic questions about civics. 
most Americans now uh, can't answer these questions. They don't know their history. It's, uh, it's a disturbing thing. I mean, we talk all the time about, you know, people say democracy is a good thing, democracy is a good thing. Well, being informed citizens is a good thing. And unfortunately, I would say that our public school system in particular has left Americans down because if, if that's really the case, I mean, we are really a, a, a nation of the uninformed. And this it's a worrying trend for our future when uh, the founders conceived of a nation uh, of citizens, of people who understood history, who understood civics, who understood uh, how their government works that was bequeathed to them. Uh, it's a dangerous time when uh, so few Americans understand even the basics of how our government works. And, uh, I, you know, I think if, if I were doing that uh, survey or doing the study that they did with the, with the, uh, the citizens' test, and where one in three uh, didn't, only one in three passed it, I would be asking everybody who didn't pass it if they graduated from high school. Because, uh, and I'm going to ask you in a second, uh, you can tell me about some of the questions that are on there, but I'm guessing that some of those questions, you would wonder how anybody could have gotten through high school without knowing the answer to them. But there's lots of people out there who did. Well, that is that is what's so disturbing. I mean, we, we, these are some basic questions, as in, you know, name one thing that Benjamin Franklin is famous for, or name uh, the reason why uh, Americans uh, uh, basically had started the American Revolution. I mean, any of these questions, for instance, like, uh, you know, that they couldn't see, they couldn't portray uh, Eisenhower. Like they asked, what war did he uh, did he fight in? The Americans couldn't name what war he fought in. This was not this is not old history. This is something that was just really just half century ago, and I I, I kind of wonder how one got out of uh, you know just about the fifth or sixth grade without knowing these i think we really do have to to, to question the kind of system we have i mean our 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 education system certainly as the founders saw it uh, would create citizens it was more important than even things like uh, math scores and science and things like this it was to educate citizens if we can't get these basic things right we have to question why we are pouring so much money into this system that is quite honestly failing our entire civilization yeah, I think uh, I think I don't know. I forget what the percentage was, but uh, some people thought Ben Franklin invented the light bulb. When when <laughs> actually we've, everybody knows he invented the toaster. But I don't know. <laughs> and 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 shockingly, about about two percent. So not too much thought that the Cold War was about fighting global warming. Yeah. Uh, so these are the kind of answers that you get on this test. And what I think even more disturbing is that young people in particular did poorly on the test. Only about nineteen percent were able to pass this test. And, you know, I think we see, you know, uh, other polls that show that young people embrace ide- ideologies like socialism and things like this. I think that's a large part of it, but simply because they don't understand. They, they have no education in history. They have no frame of reference. Uh, they don't know about the failures of the past. They don't know about things like socialism and the things that it's done, the damage that it's done to, to countries and societies around the world. Uh, and, and I think there are a lot of people, I think that there are a lot of ideologues who are, are happy that this is the case because, of course, uh, you can trick those who are, who are uninformed. You can, you can deceive them into believing some uh, really terrible things, and that's, that's the problem. I mean, we are citizens of a republic. You know, we, we, we need to educate ourselves about how this republic works and educate ourselves about our history, which is now completely under attack. Yeah, and, and they find also, and I don't know if you've seen them, but I've seen plenty of videos uh, College Fix does them and uh, Campus Reform. They take a camera and they go on college campuses. Where they, I've seen them go to spring breaks uh, at the beach where they are college students. And I've seen some that were actually done at Ivy League schools where they asked these students questions. I, I couldn't believe the answers that they got. Um, and, I mean, things like... Uh, when did this? When did uh, Columbus discover America? And they would say 1776, uh, stuff like that. I mean, it's just mind-boggling that there are people. And again, how do you get through the fourth grade, much less graduate from high school, not knowing this stuff? Well, it is incredible. It actually struck me. Uh, last year, there was a protest at the University of Wisconsin uh, trying to uh, take down an Abraham Lincoln statue. And yeah, one he's of the a bad guy. At this university, said, "Well, it's because he owns slaves." which is obviously wildly wrong, given that Lincoln was known as as the great emancipator. That's what we're dealing with, and his attacks on history. It's incredible. And um, is it it beyond repair? I think it is, but uh, I don't know how it's ever going to be fixed. Well, you know, I, I always remain a, a bit of an optimist and uh, believing in this country, and I think there is some there is some yearning out there for people who do want knowledge 
uh, I do think that it's possible to re- to restore a republic. The thing is, is you know, we are we are we are running out of time. We now have multiple generations who have been uneducated or miseducated about their country's history, and we have a lot of work to do. We are really starting a, a, in a very bad place, and you know, this really has to be priority for us. So there won't be a, another generation where we'll have freedom if this continues to be the case. But I I just don't see. Uh, I mean. <laughs> I know there are people like you, and I agree with you, that, that it's really important. But I think it's so far down the list of what people think uh, is important anymore that I, I just don't see a groundswell of concern and uh, you know a, a, a push to change it. I, I like um, Especially when you consider that some of the people who took that test who think that Ben Franklin invented the light bulb, they have kids in school, so they're not going to help the kids. Well, and that, and that is true. I mean, that's uh, you know, I, I certainly pushed ideas like like school choice and, and and policy changes like this to try to break that kind of public school monopoly that is, I think, leading people down the wrong road and has, has really failed our ch- children for multiple generations. And I'm not saying that this can this can immediately turn around. I think, it, unfortunately, the the near term future is is looking quite grim, but. You have to start somewhere, and I think that's where that's where we start to change this 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 dynamic. And you know, we're running out of time. We may have already run out of time, but uh, you know, I mean, things look pretty bleak in 1776 too. So I would say that you know, it, it is time for Americans to take this very very seriously. And we are running out of time to save our republic. But I don't think it's impossible, and, 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 and crazy things may happen. So I think that pushing ideas like school choice, pushing more education, trying to do your best in your neighborhoods, your communities, with your children, don't just let these things slip. Try to get people educated. Try to inform them about what this country really is about. Because, you know, if we lose this here, I mean, it's gone everywhere. This is, this is the last bastion of freedom on this earth. And, and I think many people still believe that in this country. Now, the, the other side of this, um, the whole idea of teaching history in school is that they're also teaching, in many uh, cases, the wrong history. And they're, they are portraying, uh, they're, they're concentrating on the fact that the founders owned slaves. And, and we had a, a kid on, this was not a high school kid, we had a, a college kid on, I think he was from Clemson. And he worked, I think he was a contributor for the College Fix, and he was a black conservative, and he was complaining about how the uh, history, the Civil War was being taught, and just how, uh, just the, the at every opportunity, trashing white people uh, and, and saying that America is a hateful country, that's everywhere, especially on college campuses. It is everywhere, and it used to be. It used to be quite the opposite. I think, especially those on, on the very hard left, have done a, uh, an incredible job of infiltrating a lot of American institutions and turning American people against the things that brought them to this place. I mean, we are historically the freest and most prosperous people on earth. We've had the most stable government, a stable republic in human history. We've had two centuries of freedom. We've, we've, we've kind of uh, ascended the heights of what a nation can do, and this is what we get from our history. I think that if people do take a step back and they, they realize how fortunate they are to live in America and this, this, this nation with incredible freedom, and they start to dig and start to, to understand that it was American ideas that led to the, the abolition of slavery, to the destruction of it, the, the fact that you know a few hundred years ago was a very common thing, now it is completely gone. That's in large part because of the United States. And I think this kind of negative history that's become so common in our schools is incredibly corrosive and destructive. I mean, it's really dividing us. I mean, as, as one nation, we are, we are going to disintegrate, and we're going to fall back on, on our ethnic identities. We're going to fall back on identity rather than our, our, our uniting identity as Americans who believe in the American dream, who believe in the ideas at the heart of our Constitution, of the Declaration of Independence. These were things that once bound us together as a great nation. If we lose that, then it is over. And that's why those things have to be restored, and they have to be defended. That you have to plant a flag somewhere, and, and the American ideas that have made us great, uh, for all those who are truly patriotic, need to, to, to plant a flag and say, these things, will be, these things will be defended. Our nation is great. It's because of the ideas, the culture, and what we are, and who we've been. You're very passionate about it, but the good news, Jared, is that anybody, you can use whatever bathroom you want in school now. So they have that going for them. <laughs> 
That is true. That has not been a problem for them. Unfortunately, they don't teach them much about what America is and the American flag and what it stands for. Hey, Jared, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much for having me on. All right. That's Jared Stepman of the Heritage Foundation. He knows what he's talking about. And uh, and I, 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 I am confident that Kids are, I'm glad I should say, that kids can use whatever bathroom they want. They may not, they may think that uh, Ben Franklin invented the, the toaster, but who cares? And we try to address those at the root cause. At the Medicine Shops in Oakmont and Penn Hills, nurse practitioner Joyce Gibb has conducted over 3,000 consultations with pharmacist, mentor, and friend Joe DiMatteo. I actually got my nurse practitioner in family practice, and I've always wanted to practice getting to the root cause because in family practice, I felt like I was giving a pill for the ill. It's always pharmaceutical-based. You really didn't get to the main problem that caused the symptom. Just an example, if you have heartburn, there's many reasons for acid reflux or heartburn. And some of those reasons can be not enough hydrochloric acid, where traditional medicine blocks that. And as we age, our body typically doesn't even make enough as it should to break down our food. And a lot of people want to get off their proton pump inhibitors, and we had a little protocol to wean that very slowly so they don't have rebound heartburn. Call for a consultation today. The Medicine Shop in Oakmont and Penn Hills. 888-865-9595. Designing a successful retirement strategy is a lot like building a house. You can't break ground until you first have a solid floor plan. To pour and set a sturdy foundation, it takes a number of tools like income strategies, tax, and legacy planning, and health care options. Each brick must be laid one by one to build the house from the ground up. Now, in between each brick, cement holds everything together, much like Kevin Bach at Integrity Retirement Solutions. Kevin acts as a sort of general contractor for your retirement. He works with estate planners, tax professionals, attorneys, and others to make sure your bases are covered. Call Kevin at 728-837-3553 and ask about the six pillars of a successful retirement. That's 724-837-3553 or visit IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Don't trust your dream retirement to just anyone. Build from the ground up with Kevin Bach. Kevin Bach does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach, Pennsylvania Insurance License number 352-896. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah. That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. He can smell you from half a mile away, hear with pinpoint accuracy, and detect the slightest motion with a 310-degree field of vision. But with an Oak Ridge hunting blind from Yoder's Backyard Structures, that deer will never know you're there. Solid, silent, scent-controlled, satisfaction guaranteed. This is one perch you won't fall out of. And with Yoder's, delivered and set up free of charge. Take your hunt to a whole new level at yodersbackyard.com. A lawsuit seeking to recover a portion of the public subsidies given to OneJet Airlines to operate at Pittsburgh International Airport raises this larger question. What is the proper role of an airport authority? As the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy reminds, it has no role other than to provide a place to land and take off, a place for passengers to park, and other infrastructure. Learn more about the county airport authority's missteps at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional thinking is challenged every day. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. I want to remind you uh, about uh, something that's coming up here in two weeks. Actually, it was two weeks from... Yesterday, the Battleground Talkers Tour, it's at Montour Heights Country Club. And uh, Hugh Hewitt, Michael Medved, and Dennis Prager, all big-time national talk show hosts right here on this very radio station, will be there along with me, and I will be sitting at the kids' table. But uh, you can sit there with me if you'd like. Uh, I actually, 
you can buy tickets to have uh, dinner with any one of us, um, and uh, you can sit there and just have dinner with us before we have the program afterwards. And uh, tickets start as low as $20. Doors open at 5.30. You can get details on dinner, the program, VIP tickets, everything at theanswerpgh.com. And uh, so I hope to see you there. That's at the Montour Heights Country Club uh, two weeks from yesterday, October 22nd. Meanwhile, before we go here, Mr. de Blasio up in New York has signed a bill adding third gender X to birth certificates. And here's what I found interesting about this. I think it, may, it makes me want to puke, first of all. But what's also interesting, uh, Mayor, this is, this is from the AP, it says, Mayor Bill de Blasio on Tuesday signed a bill that adds a third gender category on birth certificates issued in New York City. The new non-binary identity category, known as X, is for those who don't consider their gender to be male or female. Now, this is for a birth certificate, right? So, <laughs> the kid just is, the child was just born. Um, how does it have any interest in what gender you assign this this person? Uh, aside from the fact that it's, you know you can tell when he comes out of the womb what he is a he and she is a she, but that's a different story. Uh, so a letter from a physician or an affidavit by a licensed health care provider will no longer be provided. So you can say you're a man or a woman, and you don't have to have a doctor prove it. Uh, you know, there's a pretty simple way to prove it, but nobody wants to do it that way anymore. But uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio has taken care of that. Residents can now submit their own affidavit requesting a change in gender. Here's what the mayor said. New Yorkers, first of all, is this the mayor doing with this? Anyway, New Yorkers should be free to tell their government who they are, not the other way around. <laughs> this new legislation will empower all New Yorkers, especially our transgender and gender non-binary residents, to have birth certificates that better reflect their identity and it furthers the city's commitment to defending the rights of our LGBTQ community. For the first time, all New Yorkers will be able to get a birth certificate that reflects and affirms their lived reality, said the First Lady, Charlotte Jane McRae. So there you go. You can just, you know what you are because the city tells you what you are. Not because the city tells you what you are, but because you say what you are. And we'll see you, or Yins, tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.